0: Beautiful Anonymous is coming to the Now Hear This Podcast Festival, New York City, September. It's coming out, coming up. Baby. New York City, man, a lot of these shows are coming out from LA. I got to welcome them to my home turf, baby, New York City. Here we go. The festival runs all weekend, September 8th through the 10th. Be doing a special live, Beautiful Anonymous on Friday the 8th. Make sure you're there on Friday or you will miss our show. Um, check there might be single day tickets available they might be sold out you got to check right now but I recommend you come to the whole festival I think I'm also going to be the guest on how did this get made also on Friday night so maybe I'll see you there no matter what your viewer listener rather come out say hi Sure, we'll have an awkward hug. It'll be a good time. If you get those three-day tickets, get you access to all 25 live shows over the weekend. First hundred people to use our offer code beautiful at checkout. Save 20 bucks on a three-day pass. Lineup is great. It really is. Shows like the aforementioned How Did This Get Made with my old friends Paul Sheer and Jason Manzoukas, uh, Doughboys, Larry Wilmore, Comedy Bang Bang, Plus all sorts of shows. Planet Money, LeVar Burton reads. It's gonna be a really good time, and I hope to see you there. Go to Nowhearthisfest.com to get your tickets. That's Nowhearthisfest.com. Hello to all my Mario Kart fanatics. It's beautiful anonymous. It's one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred.
1: rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me
0: Hey everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode. Beautiful Anonymous. Very happy to bring this one to you, although also heartbreaking that I'm even able to bring this one to you. You'll see what I mean in just a second. First, I want to thank everybody who uh, who gave me the feedback via uh, uh, Twitter and uh also the Facebook group, 17,000 people plus now in the Facebook group. And it's, uh, it's such a cool thing. Thank you in a huge way. Thank you to all the moderators there making that a very positive productive place. I mean it. Um, a lot of people, it's funny, many, many different reactions to uh, last week's episode, but one that made me laugh is I I talked in last week's episode about how I have this weird habit where I count a lot to try to control circumstances. So many people leaving comments to me going, Oh my God, I do that too. I've never told anybody about that. I also think that I can control when the subway is going to appear and not appear. Thank you for letting me know about that. It made me feel a lot less alone in my mild OCD. Thank you for that. Um, Feeling good. Remember ChrisGeth.com. We got uh, we got some 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 tour dates coming up. Fest in Gainesville. Now here this festival in New York City. Pretty soon we're gonna be putting tickets on sale for Denton, Texas. Live tapings of Beautiful Anonymous will be there, so do check those out. And I don't want to talk too much. Get got the plugs out. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. the Chris, Chris Gethard, Joe. Thanks for everybody. who has been so nice about that. Yeah. I think that's it. Great. Let's talk about this call because this is a one that I will. I don't love saying the word important when it comes to comedy. Uh, but this one, I think, with my, my work, it's, a, it's, a, it's at the very least important to get it out now. Um, you may have noticed the teaser at the end of last week's episode was for a different episode than the one you're about to hear. That's because we're taping this uh, Friday, August 18th. We just got off the phone with a, a, a young man. Um, and this young man lives in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I think anybody listening to this knows that Charlottesville has been uh, in the eye of the world lately. You can't escape everything that happened in Charlottesville. If if you're listening to this years in the future, I'm referring to an incident where there was a a demonstration over a statue of Robert E. Lee where some people who were uh, white nationalists, Wound up mixing it up with people who were not happy they were there and it turned into a riot and someone died. Um, we all have opinions on this. We all, everybody, there's a lot, there's nobody I've, I have not met anybody who doesn't have a strong opinion on what's going on. And we've been fighting, America has been fighting each other. And uh, I'll ask this, I'll ask this. Let's make this experience of this podcast about listening, not talking. Give it an hour where you listen to somebody whose opinion is valid because here's some things I'm gonna say about our caller. One, ex-military, Air Force. This is a person who served. This is a person who has thought about this country, represented this country, protected this country. African-American, someone who is in the crosshairs of people who show up. Whether you think that people are, are, are looking for a fight or whether you're someone who says, hey, free speech, this is a person who actually has to think about what the implications of these words mean. Most importantly, it's a person who lives two miles from where a person got killed in Charlottesville, Virginia. It happened literally in his backyard. Um, so this is someone whose opinion is on the ground. It's someone whose opinion is, is from someone who is affected by the types of speech being said. It is someone who is connected to our country, who served in a way that I think many of us listening are not. So here's what I'll ask. Before you pause this one and you start ranting and raven, before you get worked up, before you even allow yourself internally to have any opinions listen. Listen first. I think a lot of us would agree that if we prioritized listening over talking, let alone over ranting and raving and and getting upset, getting baited into being upset, things would just be better. So give yourself an hour where you sit on your emotions and you
1: just listen. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up?
0: Not much. How are you?
1: Pretty good. Is this Chris?
0: Yeah, this is Chris. Oh cool.
1: Hey dude.
0: Hey. <laughs> I like how, how I, I like how casual that got. My day's going pretty good. I've had worse days. Cool. Yeah.
1: That works. Yeah.
0: How's your day going?
1: I'm not dead yet. It's always a good thing. Yeah. That's usually my benchmark for the day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's where you're, uh, I feel like if that's where you're setting the bar, that's a pretty attainable goal. Stay alive one more day. Yeah. Good healthy attitude.
1: True. It's harder to do than some people think. How's that? Uh you just never know what'll happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is true. I I definitely agree with that. Unpredictable. Life's unpredictable.
1: True. So, what's up?
0: Not much. I heard you uh I've been I haven't been told much. I heard you left a voicemail on our voicemail line. Um I was told a tiny bit about it. Yeah. It sounded really fascinating. Wanted to make sure I talked right away. Um, but I, I, I don't know all the details.
1: Um, well, the voicemail, the big thing was that I am a black guy that lives in Charlottesville. uh, So that's pretty interesting with what's been going on the past week or months.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, what a brutal, what a brutal week for everybody. But I can't imagine what it was like for you to be there. Were you, uh. Were you, like, down in the area where everything was going down?
1: Uh, No, not this time. I was at the KKK rally last month, and my wife actually freaked the fuck out from that. So she literally barred the door to try and keep me from going this time. Wow. Because she gets kind of worried about my safety.
0: I can imagine. I feel like one of my first questions right away is, I'm sure a lot of people listening, like me, um, didn't realize how how often are there KKK rallies in in their uh, <laughs> section of the world? I didn't know there was one last month. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, there was one last. So this is the third rally of some type that has white supremacist leanings. Uh, there was one um, in April or May. Then the KKK rally last month. Then this rally this month. And there was another plan, but they probably are canceling that.
0: Yeah, I that, that would have to imagine. That I, I will but say right, it's that right there. Not, oh, you go, you go, you go. Yeah, no, you say it's your call.
1: It's not a common thing in this area, so it's just kind of a shitty time.
0: I have to say, I was going to say like that's uh right away, and I, I've been reading a ton, watching a ton of the videos. I um, like to think that I'm trying to keep myself impor- informed if I'm going to have opinions. I didn't know that this was a, a thing that had been consistent. That right there seems like a piece of information that should be out there more, right? As people debating, as people are debating who's right and who's wrong. like It seems like this has been something yeah. anta- antagonizing Charlottesville for a while now.
1: Yeah, it has been. And the big part is that all of this is happening from people that don't live here or aren't from the region. The KKK rally was a KKK branch from North or South Carolina that decided to come here. And then most of the people from last weekend are from other places, but they like congregating here because of the Robert E. Lee statue.
0: So it's all been about this one statue that everybody's flipping out.
1: Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So from the, I I mean, first. uh, Sorry, Sally. (laughs) No, <laughs> I bet she wouldn't even mind when it comes to calling the KKK fucking ridiculous. I bet she'd give that a quiet thumbs up and say, well, I don't approve of the language. I don't approve of the language, that word, but if you're going to put it towards anyone, it should be those people. That's probably what Sally would say. Yeah, That's what she would say. And that's a pretty good uh, rendition of her accent. She will not like to hear. That. Good job. That's my Thank you so much. So... First of all, how do we even want, how do I even want to approach it? Like uh, for, uh let me start just as a resident of Charlottesville. How having these people show up on a consistent basis, having people effectively just sort of invade your space for the residents of Charlottesville b- before everything exploded. Like what was uh what was the, what was the, what was the vibe in town? What was the conversation like? Cuz Charlottesville, I've been to Charlottesville, I performed in Charlottesville. At a theater on, on that main drag. I opened for Mike Berbiglia there. But it's a, it's Paramount. Yes. Yeah. Great place. Great theater. It's a college town. From what I can tell, this is a college town. Is that true or is that just the area I yes, saw? Yes, it is. So this is not a place where. It's
1: uh, a college town and it's pretty liberal.
0: So t- what's it, uh, what, what are people's reactions in the weeks leading up to this as this stuff is going on more and more?
1: Uh, most of the people in town have been pretty horrified by it. And frustrated because that's not what this town is. I mean, I actually got out of the military and bought a house here because I liked it so much. Wow. And this town just isn't. There are a lot of places with problems, and while there might be some here, like this whole racist KKK thing isn't what Charlottesville's about. A lot of people are shocked and probably after this is going to be a whole lot more of a knee jerk reaction against it.
0: Yeah.
1: There's been non-stop peace rallies and memorials and shit going on so far since um, Heather died.
0: Yeah. So there's another thing you brought up too. So you, you have perspective on this as a Charlottesville resident, as an African-American and ex-military. I'm sure that has to there has to be some thoughts coming from your gut the, on that angle too.
1: Yeah, it's uh, interesting and frustrating.
0: What branch did you serve in?
1: Because um, Air Force.
0: Yeah, how long did you how long did you serve?
1: Seven years. I spent five years working with special forces, and then two years working for a civilian agency.
0: Wow, so that's got to be pretty brutal as well. To you serve your country. You find a town that fits your uh, your vibe. You settle down, and then this marches right into the middle of town multiple times. That's I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I got to say,
0: I don't know if you're Kinda just piss me off. I don't know if you're just like very laid back or if you're just totally exasperated. But you sound real tired. Like you sound like you're cooked.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's been a shitty month I'm fucking burned dude
0: yeah well
1: but the last few days have just been kind of rough as well so
0: yeah just uh, in light of all this stuff or just real uh, regular life stuff as well
1: everything this regular life um I am currently sitting on my bed playing Mario Kart (laughs) hating Peach (laughs) and just trying to (laughs) relax
0: Ah. Oh, isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't it a beautiful thing, in a certain way, to know you can go through hell if you have. For any, here's a thing: I'll say right away to any beautiful anonymous listener. Before you form any opinions, before you start reacting to this, if you have not watched actual video footage, and there's a lot of it out there, and a lot of it is shot on people's cell phones, it is undeniable. This is stuff that is not edited by by media. You're not going to be able to say it's uh, slanted anyway just people who put up things on Facebook Live and Periscope, it was hell, brutal, brutal, actual terror yeah. on the streets. There is something very uplifting to know that at the end of the day, you might go, you know what, this has been one of the worst months, and what a horrible week with this spotlight on where I live. I think I need to chill out and play some Mario Kart. There is something really beautiful and human about that.
1: Yeah, you You got to do whatever you can to survive.
0: Yeah. Sometimes Peach just doesn't want to let that happen.
1: uh, God, I hate Peach. She is the worst.
0: (laughs) Who do you play as?
1: Anybody who uses Peach in Mario Kart is a horrible person.
0: Is that like using Odd Job in Goldeneye? Luigi. Remember Goldeneye? You use (laughs) Luigi, of
1: course. It's the cheat.
0: I was always a Wario guy. I always enjoyed Wario when I played Mario Kart. That's respectable. Anybody who's listening isn't familiar, Wario is the evil Mario. You see they flip the M upside down into a W and then all of Mario's virtue becomes evil. Wario. Because, you know, war. Wario. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so. But yeah, it's crazy. I'm conflicted on how I feel. I actually... Considering my military background, it was weird when the stuff was going on because my wife and all of her friends and a lot of people were shocked and terrified. And like she is legitimately afraid and she was just confused. And I was completely calm and just going with it and not surprised. And then after Heather died, everybody was just freaking out, like, what the fuck happened? What's going on? And my response at the time was, like, this is what I'm comfortable in. I understand war, so I'm not out about this. I know how to operate in this environment. But it wasn't until about, like, yesterday or so that one of my friends pointed out that, granted, I do know how to operate in that environment. The fact that I'm at home is what makes it so weird for one. And then I realized, oh, yeah, that's, I shouldn't have to think that way and shouldn't have to be in that state when I'm not in a war zone.
0: Yeah, I would have to imagine for, for the family and friends of a military guy to see like, oh, a, a, a seasoned military veteran is totally in his element here and going into like instincts kicking in mode, that's, that's jarring, that's jarring. Were you, did you serve like active, were you in combat? Were you in in that level?
1: Uh, Yes and no. So I didn't have to fire a gun. I was intel. I supported um, SOF and sometimes I would go out with them, but I made sure to stay in the plane or stay back because I didn't want to have to do that. Mm Mm-hmm and even the parts that I did I didn't want to actually be that forward deployed
0: right but it sounds like you were still in, you were still in situations where like a a gun could a, 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 if if a, if a weapon was pointed at you that's not a thing that would have been shocking you were in an environment where that was in play
1: Yeah, that happened to me once, actually.
0: Really? What happened? Can I ask? I know sometimes I I don't. I don't know so many people in the military, uh, being an artist, but I do know sometimes they don't love when you ask them about active combat. So if I'm crossing a line, let me know. But I'd love the story. But if you're like, eh, let's not. That's cool too. Uh,
1: There's not too many details. I was in Africa, yeah, and I was out with. Um, Some guys and some locals in a country saw us. They got a little agitated and pulled a gun on me and were yelling at us about the Americans coming here, trying to destroy the country and kill them. We kind of talked the situation down and chilled out with them until they put the guns down. Then we shared a drink, hung out a bit, and went our separate ways.
0: Wow. Simple as that, real life. Yeah,
1: but it sucked at the moment.
0: So I got to ask, and I feel like anybody listening to the show at this point knows knows my political meanings leanings. So so there's not, um, you know, there's a. I think it's clear the president is the commander in chief. You're a military man. That's a thing that's taken seriously. At the end of the day, president is the top of the the pyramid. When, he's, uh, when he makes his statements on Charlottesville, as someone living there, as someone who is African-American, as someone who is a, a veteran, there's all these different things. What are the different ways you're reacting when you hear him say, hey, there's a lot of blame on both sides?
1: Pissed off, but not surprised because I know what the game is. I know the deal of what it is to be black, in America, I know where I stand, so I don't have any illusions about it. And we all know who Donald Trump is, especially if, or even if polite society wants to step around using direct terms. So, like, knowing how he feels about black people, about Me, I'm not shocked knowing that I was in the military and I served under him with the commander-in-chief. It sucked, but one of the things that I have to acknowledge and everybody in the military acknowledges is um, it's more the office than the person. Like, I did not and do not like him. I'm not about that, but... When I raised my hand, I took that oath to defend the nation and follow the rules of the president and the officer. So either do it while you're in and then get out or suck it up and then get out.
0: Yeah. Here's here's something.
1: Like I'm super liberal, which was awkward in the military because <laughs> there's so many <laughs> conservative Catholics or just conservative Everything.
0: And a strong Catholic presence in the military. I didn't know that.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, there's a lot of Catholics and, and Mormons.
0: How did you, uh, if, if, if how'd you wind up in the military, if I may ask?
1: Um, I read too many comic books as a kid.
0: <laughs> Are you a Marvel or a DC guy? <laughs> Marvel all the way. Yeah, thank you. I, I, you know, I did my special. I mentioned that I I find DC pretty. Uh, <laughs> no thanks. And a lot of people have had an issue with that, so I'm happy to talk to another Marvel guy here. I don't know how I'm. Can I ask how yeah. old you? Can I ask how old you are? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. So I'm eight years older than you. Um, but we probably grew up on some of the same yeah. stuff. Probably grew up on some of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You were probably a little bit more the Ultimate Universe though than I was, right? That was like my tail end of buying regularly.
1: No, actually I was um The Ultimate Universe was meant for me, but I was more the generation before that.
0: Oh wow. So I, but I do at least have my my generations correct. So I was always X-Men, X-Men, Spider-Man, yeah. those were the big X-Men in particular. That's the best.
1: Mhm. And X-Men I'm a big fan of because of the metaphor with how x-men can stand in for basically any group that's being ostracized or on the outs
0: yeah people who aren't comic book people might not realize this part of why the x-men i think is so impactful is two reasons one their origin story born that way can't control it that's that's really when you think about that that was looking back probably just laziness on stan lee's part he's probably like i'm writing too many i i mean what what kind of radioactivity can this person be exposed to? I know. Maybe they're just born like this. But everybody identifies. Whatever you're born with, whatever's making you different, feel different, look different, whatever, you can identify. But then, yeah, they've always made that analogous. Like right now, the X-Men is largely written as an analogy, a lot of people say, for, uh, for the LGBTQ community. But I, I also, I think when we were growing up, a lot of people compared it to the civil rights struggle. And it's always been that way. X-Men's always gone there. Yeah. They always said Professor
1: X. Actually, what you said is true. Um, oh, yeah. Stanley being lazy is partly why the X-Men were created. He got tired of trying to come up with the origin story for every single character. Yeah. And they realized if you just have something where they're born that way, you don't need to come up with this whole elaborate story.
0: No, you can just get them fighting. That way you can just get them, get them fighting right away, and you can just start taking all the credit away from Jack Kirby right out of the gate.
1: Yeah. I wrote a paper about the X-Men and how they work as a stand-in for almost any persecuted group. So I learned that.
0: Were you also a uh, an American Studies major?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I was Philosophy Psychology, and then oh, I realized I, I hate myself, so I stopped that.
0: <laughs> I wrote a paper, uh, it was an independent study, comparing uh, American superheroes to... Uh, mythological like gods from different uh past mythologies talking about how they are stand-ins for that in our culture any hoots any hoots nice. so here's here's a question I have that that is a little so you're so so when you were, you served in Africa I don't know if you served in other places where you really saw things get heated like as someone who was there was on the ground who had weapons pointed at you had to talk your way out of it when you saw what was happening in your hometown just sort of like Visually and viscerally, how did it compare? Like, how much did it remind you of what you saw in actual war torn places?
1: Um, In some ways, a lot, and in some ways, not at all. But so the scenes where you see where you're seeing the people who are getting gassed and stuff, and everybody holding just impromptu weapons. A little off, but literally seeing guys walk around in uh, armor-plated vests and carrying rifles and shit. There were guys that were dressed up as if they were on some of the teams that needed to go out and do missions, and it's like, dude, we're at we're in America, we're at home, we're not in a war zone. What? Why are you conducting yourself? And there were people dressed up with gear that were that was more than what we would use in
0: So you saw people marching to your hometown, people who didn't live there, to fight over a statue, and you're saying they were wearing more gear than than you saw a fellow military have to wear in the field. You're saying they were dressed up in more hardcore shit than the actual military would be on a mission?
1: Yeah, some some of them were, yeah.
0: That's that's what I don't get, man. Now cuz uh, cuz I've been mad. I've been mad all week and I'm I feel like you and I both. It's one of these things where it's like I can either be really low energy and civil or I can just let it all out, which nobody wants cuz then it's like an incredible Hulk situation. But that is one thing that gets me mad. Is you see people on Facebook and everybody's got a fucking opinion on Facebook these days. No offense to our lovely Facebook group. Everybody's got an opinion on Facebook. And you see people going like, hey, at the end of the day, free speech. It's like that's not free speech to show up with a shield and a mask and a club. That's not free speech anymore. This is a threat. For people to be wearing bulletproof vests to be – you watch that Vice video with that one maniac who's got – he's got an AK. He's bragging about how he has another one in his trunk and then he's got like four pistols strapped to different parts of his body. This is not free speech. These are people pretending they're a military unit. How is this not – how is any – how can anyone in their right mind look at that and say, hey, they got a right to say what they want? They're not saying what they want. This is a thing that I don't understand why. This is not a major talking point. Say whatever you want. If you're wearing a pair of jeans and a shirt, then yeah, I'll suck it up and say that's part of living in America. you have showing up with guns and vests and sticks and riot gear masks. This is not free speech. How is that free speech? That's a threat. Somebody marches into my neighborhood yeah, with a stick and a club and a shield. I'm going to punch him in the fucking face. What is wrong with that? How is that both parties fault? We're going to go ahead and pause now because I'm getting worked up as people can hear. Um, people are going to be mad at me for a lot of the things I say in this episode. That's okay. Also, we have ads right now. We have to get doing ads. Sponsors, they make the show happen. I understand sometimes in the more serious episodes, people go, ads, how could you? Yeah, it's a show. I get to bring it to you for free, and it's because of our sponsors. And I thank them very much for, for going the bat for this show, for being a part of things. And we'll be right back with more phone call. Everybody needs to take a little bit better care of themselves. That's just a fact. We neglect it, right? People take care of their physical health, but mental health should be no exception. That's why today's sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced, licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for as little as $32 a week. Simply undergo a short assessment to identify your therapy needs. Choose your plan. Talkspace matches you with a therapist that's right for you. Then once you're matched, send your therapist text, audio, video messages, even do a live video chat anytime anywhere talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training they have the ability to understand what you're going through help you make positive change in your life i think everybody out there knows that i'm a big advocate of therapy taking care of your mental health it's a nice modern way to try out Match with your perfect therapist. Go to Talkspace.com beautiful. And as a special offer for our listeners, use the coupon code beautiful. You get $30 off your first month. Show your support for this podcast. That's coupon code beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Talkspace therapy for how we live today. Are you hiring? Now, do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then, their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anybody else. That's why ZipRecruiter's different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. There's no juggling emails, calls to your office. You screen, rate, manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. One more time, you want to try it free? Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to all the advertisers who help us bring this show to you guys for free. Uh, Please do use those promo codes if you want to check those out. Really helps Beautiful Anonymous. Now, in the meantime, let's get back to this uh, pretty intense phone call. Somebody marches into my neighborhood with a stick and a club and a shield, I'm going to punch him in the fucking face. What is wrong with that? How is that both parties' fault?
1: No, I completely reject that argument. That's total bullshit, and it's offensive every time I think about that statement where you basically push the line to say, well, yeah, of course these guys had high-power automatic rifles, but what about those guys that had a bat? Or those guys that were pissed off at being intimidated by multiple multiple groups of white supremacists or nationalists coming into their area to threaten them.
0: Yeah, and that's another reason why uh, you know, again, Facebook, it's becomes these echo chambers. You see everybody making jokes about the Tiki torches, and yeah, the Tiki torches were cheese ball but it was like that that was like the first thing you saw oh these guys were all did you all go to the same Home Depot garden department and get the Tiki it's like yeah but you know the more jokes we make about that the less we're realizing well they're not putting as many pictures up now of the guys dressed in camo I bet that one guy all those pictures coming out that guy in the 82nd Airborne hat that must have pissed you off huh yeah what's that like when you see that as military
1: uh so I, you all, we already know that some of those people are in the military, and that in and of itself is frustrating. So seeing the guys that are wearing that are is offensive and annoying, and then depressing because when we're out, when we're deployed, when we're working together. Racism is obviously a thing still, and it's a thing in the military, but it's not as, like, blatant as some are. I mean, I knew it existed. I kind of felt it from some different areas, but for the most part, it wasn't a huge issue because, gladly, in the military, everybody's a piece of shit, so it wasn't everyone was trying to single someone out, you all suck.
0: Right. I've always read. I've actually always read that that's one of the like the the mil the training your basic training in the military is such an equalizer that it. it I've read that it is kind of beautiful that it it hammers out a lot of people's uh biases because of exactly what oh, you're yeah, saying. No,
1: it, that's the thing. You're all pieces of shit, so <laughs> you all suck, and they hammer that to everyone, and then they try and build you up. So at that point, you all kind of have someone together or. We all used to the military just beating the shit out of us. So we're like, okay, we got a mission to do together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then you see an old guy in a, in a military hat. That, that was heartbreaking. So you said... Yeah.
1: You're... Yeah, but then again, like knowing all the super conservatives, I know that there are people that feel that way and say things... Like that, even in the military
0: where can I ask where where did you did you grow up in the south
1: uh, kind of I'm a military brat, so I grew up in the south and in a bunch of other places I was born in the south though yeah born in Georgia
0: but you've kind of you ba- you bounced around kind of classic military kid style yeah
1: I claim the south
0: you do you identify as a southerner mm-hmm did you grow growing up with the Confederate statues? This is something that we're talking about, um, you know. And it comes, you know, the Confederate flag was a thing over state houses a few years ago. Was as as uh, is is that s- these these statues? Did they did they fade into the background, or was it something you did always notice growing up?
1: Uh, they faded into the background a lot for me. I actually even the statue here before this last weekend i I didn't even notice the statue in town. I got married in the park that the statue was in, oh, and wow. I wasn't aware that it was there because I just there are so many damn statues in Charlottesville that if I were to pay attention to all of them, I would just spend every day looking at a statue but um <laughs> I just didn't care until it like became this huge issue and a he blend. That's the same way in the South. There's a lot of statues, things for the Confederate pride and all of that. And for some people, it's been a lot for me, it just faded into the background. Cause that's just what it was. And it was one of those things, the jarring part came when I would leave the South and then come back and then be reminded, Oh, I forgot. What overt racism is like. Okay, I re- I need to readjust my understanding for my environment.
0: Wow, and uh, what what uh what areas what, what are you saying like more overseas or other sections of America?
1: Uh, both mostly other sections of America.
0: So when you come out to the West Coast or when you would head up to the Northeast, where things are less overt.
1: Yeah well things are aren't as overt in the north or the west and the south as like i've been called a nigger in my face so many times on the south that i'm just really like whatever that and
0: that really happens that happens as someone i mean i'm in a liberal bubble i'm in new york city i'm an artist but i can't believe that that, that would happen to the point where it just becomes you going whatever that is So fucked up.
1: Yeah, no. Like I said, I know the game. I know what America is, so. Maybe
0: that's the second time you said that. What do you, like, if you had to, as, as somebody who hasn't experienced any of this, what are the bullet points of what you mean by that?
1: Um. So... This is mostly my point of view, because I can't speak for everyone, but I, in America, if you're black in America, if you look black or come off as black at all, you're considered black. And that just means you get treated as other, which is the most tiring and frustrating thing, because I'm just trying to be me and live my life. And you get a lot of ignorant viewpoints directed at you. like People asking me things like, oh, I heard black people are missing a bone in their ankle, so that's why they can't swim, so that's why they don't like water, or um, black people are genetically bred to be less intelligent, or this or that. And then I have people tell me, oh, you talk so well, you're so well-spoken and everything. I'm like, well, am I not supposed to? Is it shocking that I can speak proper English? And it's just a situation where I know that even though a lot of people want to overlook the race thing or pretend it's not there, it's something that they're aware of with their silence. And... It's frustrating knowing and being treated consciously or unconsciously like I'm something different when all I want to do is hang out and be me and not have to think every interaction. Is this person harboring some kind of prejudice against me or maybe I'm just looking into something they're saying or doing too much?
0: Yeah. And when you're like when you're feeling that way and and i have to imagine that that's not a feeling that comes and goes that becomes like a base foundational part of how you have to approach you know your day-to-day life in this country when you think about 7 years in the military like defending that defending that and but then feeling that way about the country you defended that's that's uh Is there, 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 are you conflicted there? Do you regret it at all? Or or is it, how do you compartmentalize that?
1: Um, I just compartmentalize it. I try not to think about it because if I do, I get too depressed. But I try to believe in the America that I know can exist I believe in the people I know who aren't like that because my best friend, he's a white guy and he is living in Texas actually right now. And he has been texting me and he's just mortified and bothered by the things that were going on and it's killing him. And I can see how hurting him, which is weird to try and comfort him for that not anything negative against him. Just I know how strongly he feels about it. And my wife, she's white, and she is just so shocked by everything that's going on. And like I said, I, I know what the situation is. So a lot of black people weren't surprised when we see this and things come over because it's things that we've known have been here and been just under the surface for forever yeah so just knowing that I serve in that it's just best not to dwell on it too much and hope for what the world what America can be and focus on those people that aren't shitty
0: yeah you always hear you always hear that people go like oh in World War two these you know black soldiers went and served heroically and had to come back to a country where they couldn't use the same water fountains as the as the white people they were protecting and it's like yeah we it's it's so weird to realize like well how how can we look back at that in almost these like sort of romantic tragic terms and then listening to you it's like same same exact same exact experience doesn't matter that 70 years later romanticize the 70 year old version of it that you want you just in super heartbreaking terms just laid out you know yeah yeah that's how it is you can't think too hard about it it's depressing
1: yeah but i mean that's what i mean you you're not dead yet every day you make it through and survive in the situation. You're good.
0: Now you said your uh your wife was like, no, you can't no, don't go to another one of these uh rallies. So when it was when it was going down, were you just watching on T V like like the rest of us? Uh yeah. How was that? Did you want to just We
1: I did end up going out at one point just because I couldn't stomach staying inside all day. And thinking that I am hiding from this, so I had to go out and be in public, travel around town a bit. Yeah. But for the most part, just watching it was... It was rough.
0: Yeah. Rough, like, just the heartbreak of knowing that was... Like how, if you had to estimate the distance from your house to where the center of all that stuff was happening, is that how oh, far? I
1: live, um, three, two, three miles away from
0: it. Two, three miles away, people are getting killed and, and fist fighting and surrounded by people and torches. That must have been, did you want to, was there a part of you that just wanted to like sprint out the front door the whole time?
1: Yeah. Um. Uh. We actually got into an argument about that because I was saying at one point, like I – throughout all of these things, all of the supremacist events, I've been going to the previous ones, and she, it's been frustrating her because she doesn't understand. Now she does, but at first she didn't understand why I would want to go see this, why I would want to go like be in the vicinity of the KKK when being black and knowing how they feel about me. And my viewpoint was I, I can't look away. I have to go face this, and it's who I am to go be in confronting this issue. And she felt that it would be safer to just stay away, but I can't be think about being safe in a situation like this.
0: Right, because ultimately, creating that fear of unsafety is is how this operates. That's why I think, in my my opinion, that's, why, that's isn't that the definition of terrorism? Create terror uh-huh. to control people, to control people's behavior, approach, thought process, to affect the way they approach life. That's terrorism. Create terror. That's why terrorists yeah. in it. That's crazy. What do we- um,
1: a lot of people were against were of the mindset we should just ignore them or just not acknowledge it, don't go or anything. And now people are more getting into the mindset after all of this that, well, we need to go and say outright that it's wrong. And I felt that we needed to go from the beginning just because Not saying anything, not to necessarily blame people who want to be nonviolent and passive, but all you need for the bad guys to win is to not do anything so they can continue forward. But if you go get them, just make it known that this isn't right and you're not going to sit by quietly and complacently, then it becomes more of an issue.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I've been thinking a lot, and, and I certainly can't, can't compare my experience to yours in any way, or anybody who who was there in in Charlottesville by any means. But just hearing you say that, it's like it's so weird because I I grew up. I I went to a lot of punk rock shows. I was always part of the punk rock scene, and even when I was a teenager, it was a known thing. Every once in a while, you get one of these like uh, bored skinhead kids, and they're at the end of the day, they're they're suburban wannabes. Um. But they're gonna show up with their boots on and with patches on their jackets, and it was just a known thing. When these kids show up, you gotta chase them out of there. You gotta chase them out of there because if you don't do it, then the next if there's two of them at that show, then the next time there's gonna be five of them. But if you chase them out and just show, not this, is not okay, not welcome here, and they go away. Because at the end of the day, it's 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 weak. It's weakness. It's weak people doing this, and it's uh, it's so. Weird to realize like, oh, that that was a thing. This, this is a fight that you'd see at, at, at punk rock shows back in the 90s, and it's still happening. It's nuts.
1: Yeah, no, I can appreciate that because I was in the punk scene when I was younger, and I did appreciate the fact that when the guys would show up in their docks with the red laces and the suspenders, and the obvious, overt, um, skinhead, ornaments, a lot of the other people in the scene would make it known that that's not cool and not what we're about.
0: Yeah kind of the same fight. That was a thing. That was a thing. If you are if, if you were in a punk rocker back in the day, you don't know. That was a thing, right? You see somebody with a shaved head and Doc Martens on it. Everybody right now, you got to check the color of the laces, right? There's a color code. If it's white laces, yeah. it, right? White laces was the really bad one. And red was bad too, right? If I remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And red suspenders. you Okay. These people are sending a signal. Yeah.
1: Suspenders and... Yeah, the the suspenders and the laces and the things, it was a straight problem, but usually the people would be pretty hardcore about (laughs) not having that. Yeah. Well, that was... It was weird when I transitioned from the punk rock to like the rockabilly scene. It was a little more awkward because, not saying all of them, but a lot of rockabilly people were like former skinheads. So it got uncomfortable when I would go to rockabilly shows.
0: Man, you've lived a cool, like, you went from being a punk rocker to a rockabilly kid to an Air Force veteran. That is a, I mean, we only have 19 minutes left, but there's no way I can get that full. Like, you were not, although you grew up military kid, you grew up military kid, so I guess it's in the tradition there, but that's, punk rocker to military is not the, there's not too many people walking that
1: path. Oh, yeah, no, I'm well aware that, like, the 15, 16-year-old version of me, would hate who I've become because I've become the man and I was always like, fuck him. Mm -hmm. But it just kind of happened that I am here now. So I just sometimes say a little, feel a little sad for that 16 year old punker. (laughs) Um, I believe I just said punker, but punk kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I get. I mean, I'm 37 now, and I wear J. Crew every day. And I think back, I'm like, "Oh, 15 year old me hated me, hated me, hates me."
1: 15 year old me is so I'm mad. About.
0: <laughs> he is so mad at me, so mad at me. Let's uh, let's pause there. I think any <laughs> anybody over a certain age just went, "Oh yeah, I've become a, I've become the man too." We all have that moment of reckoning in our lives, right? We think about who you are now versus who you thought you were going to be when you're a teenager. I know what's a good thing to do while we're pondering that. Hear about some products and services from our fine sponsors. We'll be back with more phone call after this. Look, you get into bed, you go to sleep. That's eight hours of a 24-hour day. You spend a third of your life in your sheets. Now think about your sheets. Are they taking care of you the way they should be? I want to introduce brooklinen.com these are high quality sheets and bedding at a price that's not going to keep you up at night okay i sleep on these things i've been loving them they are very very nice founded in april 2014 brooklinen offers simple beautiful home essentials no luxury price though okay it's the fastest growing bedding brand in the world because people really do love them including myself those sheets have over 12,000 five-star reviews that's no joke okay all sorts of colors patterns that complement your decor it's luxury stuff but it's underpriced try it out today i love my Brooklyn sheets very genuinely they're on my bed right now i know you're gonna love them too brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners you get 20 dollars off and free shipping when you use the promo code beautiful at brooklinen.com in fact Brooklyn is so confident that you'll love their new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters there's no reason to not give these sheets a try the only way to get $20 off and free shipping, use the promo code beautiful at brooklinen.com. That's B R O O K L I N E N.com. Promo code beautiful, Brooklinen. These are the best sheets ever. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors this show, helps us bring it out to the world. Now let's finish off the phone call. 15 yeah, year old me is so I'm mad. About. <laughs> he is so mad at me. So mad at me. So let me ask so you despite the current uh like you you held back your wife said please don't go down there but you were at a clan rally you said it was like a month prior to the one we all heard about yes what's that like what i mean how, like i have this image in my head right now of like you know the cops barely holding people back were you like up that close were you like in people's faces that day
1: uh i was there I was close to them, but I wasn't in their faces yelling or anything because the KKK has an agenda whenever they go and have these rallies. They typically plan and prepare as if it's a play or something like they pick out the people that they want. They usually have like a certain look. They all give them a uniform, basically, which is like polos and nice shirts and shoes and everything. And then they'll have the people that are in the traditional KKK costumes with the signs and they'll police them to make sure that they know to stand peacefully and stand calmly and not react too much. And the goal is to have someone else with a camera so that they can watch and see the crowd and see everyone getting angry and violent and yelling and then they can film it, and later on they want to take the video and edit it and just show it to people as more of a propaganda recruiting tool where you see a bunch of calm white people just peacefully standing there holding up a sign or not saying anything. And then you see crowds of minorities angry, yelling, seeming on the verge of violence. And then you can use that to say, well, look at them. All we're doing is standing here, and they are acting like animals. So okay. I may get to not give in to that.
0: Wow! So this the footage we all saw from Charlottesville last week. I'm I'm not. I mean, this, I'm not trying to make a joke here. I'm really not. It's like it sounds like what we all saw. It, like the the KKK is is like uh, calm and dignified compared to what erupted last week.
1: Based on what? Yes like they and
0: they are astra- It should be
1: noted that last week it was not the KKK it was a white supremacists but unfortunately there's so many different strands of white nationalism and supremacy and racism that it's hard to point out which group is which
0: that's bonkers. That is bonkers that you and I were just able to have a conversation. That's bonkers that it's like, oh, good thing you were just at the KKK one, because at least they keep organized and uh, respect the cops' uh, barriers. Like, that's insane that we were able to just have that conversation. Oh, you only went to the KKK one? Phew. That's nuts. That's nuts that we can even just say that.
1: It's It's America.
0: That's heartbra- heartbreaking. That's like killing me. It's killing me how often it keeps looping back around to that. That a guy who's like stepped up to the plate, served way more than I ever have, and most people listening ever have, keeps looping back around to just clearly you shrugging your shoulders going, that is what this country is. That's like ripping my heart out of my chest. Yeah.
1: It. I'm not going to say it's not a weird thought because it is like – I've worked directly on missions that have saved American lives. I've I was a helping one mission where the Medal of Honor. And we saved so many people and we've lost a lot of people rescuing Americans while we work together. And right now I'm Dealing with uh, like all the transitioning stuff as I ETS and dealing with the VA to get cleared for like the PTSD that I have just from some of the missions we ran and the outcomes. But I still had to keep in mind cause this is what it was for. Jesus.
0: So you have PTSD... And two miles from your house, a bunch of angry dudes show up with bulletproof vests, guns, torches, sticks, riot gear. And then you got to sit back while people go, oh, no, that's, uh, that's free speech. That's not okay. That's not okay. That's two miles from your house.
1: mm-hmm but yeah they they've said they want to come back. I doubt the town will let it happen if they do, I'll be there
0: you next time and you're committed that next time this goes down, you're gonna be there, yeah and to what end? Like you said, you said for the KKK one that that part of the goal is don't give in, don't 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 let your anger express itself in a way that will become a tool for them. But I would imagine ha- having seen what happened at the, you know, the 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 incident last week, like is that still the goal? Or when you say I'm going to be there, is it like no? I'm front lines. The they're not coming back, and I'm a part of the front line on this. Like, what's the What's the thought?
1: Uh, I don't know. I can't really say. I just, I can't sit back and let it, let this happen. But I don't want to be a part of the propaganda and be a part of the argument that a bunch of racist people who are, Leaving our country are going to say, oh, well, see, these are just as bad as them. That's why these people needed weapons or whatever. This.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, I hope, uh, I really thank you. Uh, we, we still have 10 minutes left. I'm not wrapping up, but we have, uh, I, I just want to say like, it's it, hearing you call in like, like, <laughs> It's, there's going to be a lot of people who hear this who can, it can they can no longer allow it to be theoret- as theoretical in their head as it was before this. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people who have probably expressed some hard opinions on this who aren't connected to this in any way. Now they're hearing from you. You live there. You live two miles away from where it all went down, from where someone got killed. You're African American. Yeah. It's a direct affront to you. It's a people who are aggressive to you. People who we all saw footage of people going, I advocate genocide. We saw people say that. I advocate genocide. I saw footage of people saying that. The things people were chanting while they marched is nuts. So it's hearing, hearing, hearing you all say it personally. Let alone you served in the military. People can't, people can't point to anything you've said today and say, "Oh, that's liberal snowflake shit." They can't. You served. A lot of them probably have not. They can't get around that. And I hope people listen and hear. it. And I gotta say, it's like, um. Uh, uh, there's, there's, hear, hearing hearing you go and hearing that it's just so matter of fact and and hearing that it, it, like I said before, you just sound so like cooked by it. I hope a lot of people listen to it and realize it's a, it's it's a human thing it's not theoretical it's real
1: yeah that's what I'm hoping.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't stand it. Can't stand it when you, yeah, like, you see, I see people on Facebook comments. Oh, it's free speech. And the, uh, the liberal, the liberals fighting back caused as much of it. It's like, it's like, uh, the liberals fighting back never said, Hey, whole races of people should die and say it. It's like comedians, uh-huh. like comedian. As a comedian, and I- I've said this on the show before. It's there's a weird thing where, like the freedom of speech. It, I-, I feel like any any real comedian is going to say, yeah, it's important. People have to be able to say whatever they want. They shouldn't have thrown Lenny Bruce in jail. George Carlin, all the words you can't say. You have to be able to say whatever you want. It's a thing where I know, like, and and yeah, some jokes have to be offensive. Sometimes you have to take a chance. Sometimes a joke's going to be offensive whether you're intended to or not. There's going to be some jokes that do offend people. you got to just hope you're on the side of good and saying them. But people are allowed to get offended too. You have to face the consequences. Your crowd might walk out. Somebody might write a blog article about how you're not being a cool, thoughtful, kind person. You might have to deal with people's anger. It's the same thing of like, you can't just go, oh, these people who showed up, it was free speech. It's like, okay, you have to face the consequences. If you show up with masks on, carrying torches, <laughs> chanting, Jews will not replace us, people are going to punch you and kick you, and you deserve it. I don't see how this is a debate.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I feel exactly the same way. I am hardcore about free speech and about all the rights under the Constitution. We need those, and we should have them, and I advocate for them. As weird as it sounds, I advocate it for – I don't like the KKK. I hate it, but they have the right to say stuff, but they also have the right to suffer the consequences. Yeah, equal rights come with equal lefts, and you can catch some hands sometimes. <laughs> well, that's
0: a thing, isn't it? And I know, I know, being that you're a fellow punk, that's a thing you know. Yeah, this is a, that's a now punk spaces are safe spaces. You can vouch for me. You're old enough to remember. When did that happen? I'm happy it happened. But uh, this whole idea that uh, punk shows used to be terrifying. You used to know, oh, there's a solid 35% chance at any given punk show that you're going to get kicked by someone, punched in the back of the head by someone. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing I'll say. And again, I'm going to I, I mean, I put myself in the, you know, people, I'm not trying to, but you got to say stuff. You got to say, it's here's the thing. It's like, you know what these guys remind me of when I watch it? It's like, I have friends, and my friends are all having kids now. I'm in my mid-30s. And then you see some kids, and they're just bratty kids. And you're like, they're still cute kids. They're still good kids. And it's okay that they're bratty, because they're going to go to school someday, and they're going to act like this, and someone's going to pop them in the jaw.
1: Someone's going to hit them in the face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then they're going to go, oh, I should change how I act, because if you act the wrong way, someone hits you in the face. And that's the thing that you get the sense of, of... uh, A lot of these march a lot of these are evil people. A lot of these are uh are are people with very truly bad intentions. But then like you saw the footage. Actually, my friend CJ shot this footage of a kid who was running and he takes off his little white polo and he's like,
1: Oh yeah, that kid. Yeah. I was just here for fun. Another comedian, buddy of mine that I know. I've
0: known him since he was in New Orleans. He shot that footage. That kid is a kid who never got punched in the face. They call us snowflakes. You are the snowflake, dude. You're taking off your shirt because you're scared to get hit. You said a bunch of shit that should get you hit and you won't just take the shot and stand back up. You're the snowflake, motherfucker. Sorry, Sally.
1: Yeah. Did your friend get the footage of the black lady who was telling the crowd not to beat him up after that?
0: No. Oh well maybe he did. I don't know. I didn't watch that. I think I I only saw a clip that was uh That kid going, I'm not even really a, I'm not even really white supremacist. I just thought this would be kind of fun
1: as a white person. I was like, what
0: the, I got to say as a white guy watching that kid with his 1999 Eminem haircut going like, I just thought this would be fun, man. I'm like, as a white person, I'm like, oh, this is humiliating that i am just showed up because I thought it'd be fun. No, no, you're advocating genocide yeah, people are going to chase you through the streets and try to beat the shit out of you, as they should. I didn't see the one. So so a black lady yeah. stopped that kid from getting killed after that, huh?
1: Yeah, uh, he was being an edgelord and like, oh, no, I just I thought it'd be fun. And then she was yelling, like, don't beat him up, don't beat him up. He he took off his uniform, just let him go, which good for her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, also it's, it's, I'm, I'm talking a real tough game. Uh, but I'm also sitting here safe in New York city where none of it's, uh none of it's really in my face. So who knows?
1: Yeah. But everybody's got to be willing to stand up and say no at some point.
0: That is the thing, right? That is the thing. That's another thing I get. It's like, like, uh, I, I even get it. I get I get that if you live in an economically burnt place, if you're like in, in the middle of the Rust Belt, you're in the middle of coal country and the jobs have gone away and you're lower economic, white, working class, and you spend all this time here in where, white privilege, white male privilege, I get that you might at some point go, well, where is this privilege benefiting me exactly? Why am I the one get, I get, I get where that instinct comes from, but then to, then what happens is you go online and you find these groups full of hateful people manipulating that, and all of a sudden it's not about Bring the economy back. Bring the jobs back. It's about Jews will not replace us. Black people should die, and that's the leap that that people. I I really firmly feel like there's a lot of people who are scared about the money in their pocket going away, who get convinced that the natural extension of that is put Mexicans behind a wall, and they're not. They're not. I think. uh, I think that a lot of those people at some point in their path to wherever they got here could have been pointed in a direction that would probably be aimed a little bit more at at bankers and Wall Street than the other put-upon working-class people.
1: Yeah, that's what baffles my mind.
0: Yeah. Me too. Me too. It feels like and I wonder if you think about this military wise as well. It's like a lot of the people who profit massively off of war, they don't care what color your kids are when they go off to f- be the ones who actually have to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are the people who need to take a lot of responsibility for 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 a lot of things, in my opinion. And it makes no, no sense they're to too me.
1: Busy counting their millions and billions.
0: It makes no sense to me that uh middle class, working class people get pitted against each other when they have way more in common. The anger that they all feel has the same roots way more than I think some people wanna admit. hmm You still playing Mario Kart? You've been you have you been actively playing Mario Kart this whole time? yes so you have not you have not taken your eyes off the screen so you what you're holding the phone with your with your chin or you what you got the headphones in
1: uh no I'm just holding the phone up to, with my shoulder I'm playing on my switch so
0: so you for an hour I've
1: contorted in a weird position holding the two <laughs> we've been um,
0: t- <laughs> wow for one hour you've been actively playing Mario Kart while also talking about the uh, breakdown of American society uh in beautiful terms, thank you for that
1: yeah.
0: we got Got to se- do what you' got to do We got ten seconds left. I want to make sure I say just very genuinely a thank you um for serving and for putting up with so much and for for calling in and filling us in today um just in very human terms on 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 what it's like but seriously, thank you anybody anybody who fights on my behalf, thank you thanks for letting me live this dumb life I get to live. A huge, massive thank you to our caller for filling us in on uh, on everything, on his perspective, on what it was like being him growing up, on what it was like being in the military, and, and also right now, on what it's like being a couple miles away from something that was really shocking and jarring and letting us know just the human side of what it was like to be that close to it. Thank you to everybody who listened. Thank you to everybody who supports the show. Thank you to Jared O'Connell and Harry Nelson who are in the booth making this thing happen. Thanks to the, the Reverend, John DeLore, Greta Cohn who helped build the show in its early days, Shell Shag with the music. Again, want to know more about me, where I'm at, ChrisGeth.com. you like the show, Apple Podcast. rate, review, subscribe. It helps so much. I'm not kidding about that. As always, we'll be back next week with more show. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, see you next time. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For as little as $32 a week, get matched with your perfect therapist, each and every one having at least a master's degree and over 3,000 hours of supervised work. Start the path to a happier life. And to get $30 off your first month, show your support for this show. Use the code BEAUTIFUL at Talkspace.com slash BEAUTIFUL. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous... You were going to get the... He was going to get snipped?
1: Yeah, he was going to get snipped. And then we came home, and I thought I had Zika. I'm not kidding. I got tested for Zika. Because I was like, I'm so (laughs) (laughs) emotional. I know. And they threw up a glass of wine, and I was like, something's not right. Because I drink
0: so much wine. Um, So, I was like, something's not right. And then I got tested
1: for Zika, and my doctor was like, hilarious. You're pregnant.
0: They could tell from the Zika test. So...
1: Well, because they test your urine. So...
0: Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Hey,
1: everybody. I'm Brandon
0: Johnson. And I'm Robert Evans. And we are the hosts of Cracked Gets Personal, which is a show where we talk to a wide variety of people about a wide variety of topics.
1: We're talking garbage men. Outside of the dumpster, it was a suitcase... And inside the suitcase was two dozen porn DVDs. (laughs) And there's uh, a couple beer cans also in. And I'm like, that guy must have had a good night. Former human slaves.
0: He made money off of me from turning Tricks. He made money off of me from the pornography. But like, I had to sign the contract. Because if I didn't, he would beat me. The whole gamut of human experiences. We have, have juiced it like a delicious orange and mixed it with the tequila of comedy in order to make a tequila sunrise of knowledge and laughter. Make sure to be around on August 16th because that's when the first two episodes are going to drop. And uh, please, please click and subscribe.
1: This has been an Earwolf production.
0: Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and
1: content, visit Earwolf.com.